In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hey, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm at Mercedes-Benz Stadium where Atlanta United was beaten 3-1 to in a penalty kick shootout by the Columbus Crew and the first round of the MLS playoffs. Uh, the loss ends Atlanta United's season at 15-10-10, I believe. Um, they did set a, another MLS playoff attendance record, uh, their third or fourth attendance record this season with 67,221. Uh, the game was dominated by the goalkeepers. Brad Guzan made a few good saves, but Zach Steffen uh, was the man of the match in what could be a career-boosting performance uh, for the goalkeeper. He saved everything that came at him, and when it did get by him, the post was there to keep it out. Um, there were a few odd things that happened in the game. Notably, in the shootout, three of Atlanta United's top four scorers did not get a chance to take a shot. Uh, some of that was due to two substitutions, and some of that was due to the order. Um, but we could talk about that in just a second. I'm joined by Jason Longshore of 92.9 FM and SoccerDownHere.com, who hosts a fantastic show that I hope you'll listen to every morning. Jason, how are you right now? <laughs> uh, you know, I kept telling myself throughout the, the week that, yeah, this could be it. And almost having to remind myself of that. Because looking at this, you like the matchup on paper against Columbus. You beat them twice during the regular season. They're, the Columbus weaknesses, I think, play into Atlanta strengths. On paper, this, this should have been an Atlanta win. But that's why you don't want to be in the knockout round. Because when you have a night like this where you create a ton of chances, eight shots on target, Zach Steffen stands on his head and is, is just outstanding and, and grows in stature and confidence throughout the match. You hit two posts. I mean, it's just one of those nights where you feel like if you just kept playing, you still wouldn't score. And it really felt like when you got to the shootout, Columbus felt like they had won at that point. And Atlanta, and especially some of the mannerisms of the, the penalty takers, I think Atlanta felt like they had lost by getting to penalties. And there were a lot of opportunities to win this game in regulation, and it felt like Columbus at times played for the penalties while Atlanta tried to find that winner, and it just wasn't there for him tonight. Yeah, we'll, we'll uh, kind of work backward. We'll start with the penalties. Uh, Julian Gressel wanted to go first. He practiced, he said in the locker room, he practiced penalties this week. Uh, his was low into the left, and Stefan got down and saved it. It may not have been not far awful. enough to the left. No, it wasn't a yeah, bad Yeah, not kick. bad. 
but uh, they were they Columbus hit theirs. I've got to look at who Higuain. Was, yeah, Higuain hit his with a Paneca. And then Leandro Gonzalez Perez, who has scored one goal I think this season. Uh, maybe two went second and hit just an awful penalty kick. Uh, he tried a Paneca and didn't fool Stefan at all. Did you see his his mannerisms from the minute Iguain made the kick, watching Leandro start the walk up to the spot? You could see that he was not sure of himself. And for a guy who's a very confident player. Tonight was a probably the the worst performance from LGP on the ball this season. Defensively, he was excellent as always. A lot of big tackles, a lot of key interceptions. But on the ball, his passing was was poor tonight, and he never looked confident walking up for that penalty. And and that's the biggest sign of of the success of a penalty is the confidence to take it. You saw the difference between LGP and Vishalba, who took the next one for Atlanta. Well, first Guzan saved Kakuta Mana's penalty. Mm-hmm. So at this point, Atlanta United is still just down one to nothing after four kicks, two for each team. Hector Viaba steps up and rips his into the lower left corner, but Nico Hansen makes his. Jeff Lorenowitz. For the rookie to yep. make that, who hasn't played a lot this season, that was incredibly clutch from Hansen. Yep. Jeff Lorenowitz. Uh, who started off as the captain tonight because Michael Parkhurst uh, wasn't able to start after twisting his knee against Toronto. Hits the woodwork, uh, left post, outside of the left post. So at that point, um, all Columbus needed was one to go in. And Adam Jean hit his to his right, past Guzan to win the game. Uh, it was a disappointing end to what everyone, except probably the players, would say was a fantastic season. Um, I disagree with you a little bit on it, on Atlanta United having the better chances. I thought Columbus looked really good tonight. Um, I they thought, both did. They both had a lot of chances. It, it was a great match. Yeah, it was a great match. I just We were talking about this a few minutes ago. I don't think Atlanta United ever physically or mentally got over the eight games in 24 days. I know they got great results from that stretch, but I think it just did its damage. Um, and I think you started to see that a little bit um, in the New England game, in the Minnesota game. Definitely saw it against Minnesota. And, and in this game, it was the team, it could never connect itself from defense to offense. It was too often Martinez was left isolated. Almiron was up there with, with nobody to play off of. It would be two on four, three on five, way too often. Uh, Atlanta United kind of lost the patience of they showed it a little bit in the first half, the passing it around some. It would come and go. Yeah, um, and some of that is fatigue. Fatigue causes errors, and I think those were some of the errors that were being made tonight. Um, I can't imagine how these guys feel after having to play this many games. And But, you know, they're out, and now starts season two for Atlanta United. Yeah, and, and I mean that process starts tomorrow. You know, I, I I talked to Adam about this in our post game, and I think for any of us, if you told us going into March fifth, which feels like forever ago, if you told us then that Atlanta United is going to make it to the knockout round, they're going to lose in penalties in the four-five game, 
we would have all taken that at that point. We would have all said that's a successful year. And I think when we get to the start of the 2018 season, when we get into preseason next year, I think we'll look back and say it was a successful year because it was. It's a really disappointing end, though, when you feel like there was a lot left on the table for this team. Mm -hmm. When you looked at how they played against Toronto, when you look at how good they were in that stretch of games from September 10th through the Philadelphia game, I don't think any team in the league, even Toronto, as good as they've been this season, had a run like that. Right. I don't know if many teams in MLS history have had a run like that where they were that dominant. And I agree with you. I think we all thought that that run of games, you'd see the effects in the middle of it, and you'd see the fatigue hit then. But I think it was twofold. I think they peaked too early, and they couldn't maintain that run of form. And the cumulative effect of all those games, you had some nagging injuries coming out of it. You just had some general fatigue. And tonight, Martinez, Almiron, I think Assad too, didn't look like themselves. Yeah, I was stunned that Assad got subbed out for Parkhurst. Um, I was stunned that Martinez got subbed out, especially when there was just a few minutes left before penalty kicks. Yeah, that one was the weird one to me. If, if you're going to pull Martinez, and I, I don't necessarily argue it, you don't pull him that late when there's no chance for Jacob Peterson to have an effect on the game. No. I think if you're going to do that, you do it at least at halftime of extra time. And, I mean, this is not a knock on Jacob. This is more... When you get to the end of the games and you're trying to get a winner, you got to have your go-to money players in. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought I thought Almiron might get subbed because he looked like he was really laboring, but you kept him on and you go, you pull Martinez. It was surprising, and there were some surprising decisions I think made by Tata Martino in this. Yeah, I've never all season. I never really got a feel for his thinking on personnel. Um, there were many, many times that I thought, okay, he's going to rest this guy, he's going to pull this guy out, and it was always always the opposite. Now, obviously, he knows much, much more about soccer than I will ever know. Um, but I'm curious, I'm hoping to get to talk to him after the season and try to go through some of that so I can get a better idea and give you all a better idea of why he did some of the things he did and what he might have learned uh, going into season two. He said that looking at next year's team will start soon. Uh, he will be just as involved with technical director Carlos Bocanegra as he was in putting together this roster. The advantages will be they won't have to put together a whole roster, but there are going to be some tough choices that are going to have to be made. Um, we know that the three homegrown players are coming in. Those are three roster slots that don't currently exist. Uh, so that means players are going to have to move out unless MLS makes some changes right. to roster numbers, which they could. And, um, and some of those players could see loans as well. I mean, you have to keep that in mind with those three. But there's I, still only 32 slots. Right. But if they're loaned out, then they're not taking a spot. And no, they're still on the slot, but the, they don't count. Uh, no. No, Romario Williams didn't count at all this year he because was he was loaned out. He was still on the 32. Out. He was still on the – I can show you online. He's still on the 32. He's just loaned out. They didn't have 34 players, for example. They only had, you can only have 32. You can loan them out. I have to look into that because he didn't take up an international slot and he was loaned out. So I, when you look at those guys and then you're looking at the three new ones, you know, it's Bello, who's the youngest. Right. I, I don't think he's going to see a lot of time next year. No. But I think you have to factor in some decisions because of him. And do you go out and spend a lot of money on Greg Garza, uh, who's had injury issues? 
to buy out his contract from Tijuana when you have the best player at his age in the United States and George Bello coming up at left back. And you have Mikey Ambrose. And, you, and you have Chris McCann. Decent, and you have Chris, Chris McCann. McCann was excellent at left back. when He, yeah, came. he had a good game tonight, too. I yeah, I thought Chris McCann had a great second half of the season and, and earned his contract in the second half. You've got Yamil Asad, who Big I think has there. to be brought back. I agree, 100%. Even though I think next year Andrew Carlton does play minutes, and I think he plays a, a fair number of minutes off the bench, I think he sees that that Brandon Vasquez role that we saw at times with an, an attacking option off the bench. But you have to bring Yamil Asad back. Yeah. And then you've got Anton Walks. That's a tough one. That's a very tough one. A lot. I think a lot of that one is going to depend on what Walks will want. And because I think I don't know where he's going to play at top. To. Exactly. I don't see any future for him there this year. Now he may want to get if they can loan him to a lower level or a lower Premier League club. I don't know how often that happens. He may want that. It does. Uh, it can happen. But he played very, very well at right back uh, for Atlanta United. And, I mean, you know, there's some players that I'll be really surprised if they want to come back. I don't know if Ty Mears will want to come back after he lost his starting job. That's not a knock on him. I thought he played well up until that one DC game. I know a lot of y'all were knocking on him. Uh, a guy like Jeffrey Otu, I have no idea what his future is with Atlanta United, considering he barely got to play for Charleston. Yeah. Romario Williams. Williams is a big one. Yeah, that's I, a big question right yeah, now. Yeah, that's a huge question. Because um, what do you do with him when he was a revelation in the Gold Cup for Jamaica? Yep. You know, he's a guy who needs to play minutes in MLS next year, but where? And then there's the two free agent signings, Lorenowitz who I think would, wants to come back. Absolutely uh, should be I back. would think Atlanta United would want him back. And Jacob Peterson, a guy who just couldn't crack the 11. He, he had an injury that sidelined him for a long time. Is he going to be back? That's a tough one. Um, I think Kenwin a lot depends Jones upon... Is a question. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be surprised if Kenwin comes back. Yeah. If Kenwin will want to come back. There's um, a lot of questions about players coming back, and there's a lot of questions about playing time next year. You know, look at Carlton, look at Goslin. Yep. You know, what happens with them next year? Brandon Vasquez Harrison had a lot of Heath. promise this year. I, I I don't see minutes for Harrison Heath and his no. team. I think Chris Goslin eats up any minutes that, that Heath would have gotten. I think Chris Goslin, again, you have to look at the full depth chart, in my opinion, when you're looking at these decisions. And I will always remember something Carlos Bocanegra said at the draft last year and why they looked at Julian Gressel, a little bit older player, because they didn't want to block the progression of some of their promising players coming through the academy. And now you have Carlton and Goslin who are going to need playing time next year with the first team. You have Bello, Oconquo, and Kunga coming in, and they're going to need minutes somewhere. Whether it's here, whether it's in USL, you're going to have to start to figure these things out, and there's a lot of talent in this team. There's not a lot of minutes to be had right now in this team. It doesn't need a dramatic change. So what happens with some of these faces that have been a big part of this this year, and and what happens for the long-term future of, of this roster? I think you have to look at the big picture, and even beyond just the homegrowns that are there now you're looking at guys that you think are going to be homegrowns and you want to have a, a clear path for them when they're ready to play but you got to win now too that's that's the the balance that any club has to go through and atlanta united is a big club now 
And there's one guy that we haven't even mentioned because he didn't play, but I think he's an important part of the team, Miles Robinson, the number two yeah. pick in the Super Draft. Yeah, I mean... They could start working him at right back if Walks decides not to come back. They or he could be... he could, And you have to wonder about Michael Parkhurst at this point. Um, Parkhurst, I know, has one more year and an option. And he told me a, few, a while ago he wants to come back. I, I think he's back, but is he automatic first-choice starter every every game. I don't know if he is. And I thought he had a good season. I thought he did too, but I thought I thought the miles caught up with him at the end a little bit. Playing on the turf isn't going to help. And, um, and thinking long term, Miles Robinson's another guy who needs minutes. Yeah. He, and he, he needs, needs them a next year in a big yeah. way. Whether it's here or USL, Miles Robinson needs a lot of minutes next year. And I think long term he's your replacement for Parkhurst. But when does that happen? There's there's so many that we could we could go on all night. Yeah, this will be another podcast for another time. Yeah. Uh, but again, wrapping this up, Atlanta United was defeated by Columbus Crew. Uh, the game ended 0-0, went to penalty kick shootout. Columbus won three to one. The Crew. Uh, will advance to uh, play NYCFC in the quarterfinals. While I'm sure a lot of y'all are disappointed that Atlanta United was beaten, hopefully in the next few days you could find some happiness for Columbus considering everything that the franchise is going through right now. Not for its owner per se, but at least for the players and for the fans. Um, that it sees it is going on. Maybe this could do something to help save the franchise and keep it in Columbus. Um, but, you know, I know that's probably a few days away for y'all. But I hope you'll follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC, on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Thank you. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years and I am still amazed at how rich the city's black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that black people might want to know about. Like historically black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.